Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. So, hallelujah. Hey, stay standing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say it together, if you would, please. Let's say it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son. Come on. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Come on, say it. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 You be seated. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. You good, honey? She's looking at me. Did I do something? Did I, do I have something on me? Did I say something wrong already? You just never know. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. We are continuing in our Elijah message series. It's great to be here in the house of God with you all. It is wonderful to hear kids yelling on the other side of that wall. Uh, I, I, children are part of family, right? And uh, kids are part of the life cycle. And when you don't have children in the room... You know your family's going in the wrong direction. Amen? Uh, we'll just say that. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm pretty amped right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, uh, I'm excited. been hearing God a lot and I've uh, been studying the Bible. And uh, we're just preaching our way through the story of Elijah. We're just kind of going through the Bible. Uh, if the church of Jesus Christ needs anything in this day and age, it's to remember that God left us this beautiful gift called the Bible. Right? And then we can read it from left to right, front to back. And there is one ongoing story of God's love and redemption of mankind. This is not a get-rich-quick book. This is not a self-help book. This is not, a, you know, it's not a how-to-be-successful-and-never-have-any-problems-in-this-world book. This is a book on how to recognize God and worship Him with your life. That, that is the point of this book. Um, and in return, you get lots of good stuff, right? Uh, but that is a byproduct. And even if we don't get the byproduct... He's still worthy to be worshipped. Uh, and this, this is the gospel we are called to teach. It's a gospel of accountability. It is a gospel of truth. And uh, it is applicable to our lives if we read it the way God intended it to be read. So I thank you for reading your Bible. I thank you for uh, studying with me the Word of God and valuing the Word of God. And uh, uh, I, I, remember, <clears throat> I remember when we had kids, and I talked about this last week, uh, and if you uh, are like me, maybe you don't, and I hope you don't relate to this, but me, uh, when I um, actually started when I was kind of a teenager, I remember I decided that uh, I wanted things to change in my family line. Now, when I was really young, uh, it was a little judgmental. Uh, it was probably a lot judgmental, to be honest with you, and as I got older, it was probably even more judgmental. Uh, but the underlying truth was correct, that things could be different. Things could be different in my family if we adopted some truths, I'll say, if uh, we didn't allow certain pressures uh, to affect our family. 
Uh, if we just got a little bit healthier as people, uh, things would be different. And I remember as a young man thinking, when, when I have a family, man, I want to do things different. And if I could be honest with you, what I was really hopeful for was a different outcome. I didn't really know how to do things different. I know I just needed things to become different. And, uh, and, and I didn't really know. Um, and if you've ever raised children, you don't know how to get there from here. Like, you know where you want to end up. Uh, you're not sure how to get there. And, 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 and I wasn't sure how to get there. And so I did what I knew how to do. I, um, I studied families around me that I, that I liked. I studied all the families around me, and I saw things I didn't like. And I was like, well, uh, you know, if I could just be a little transparent with you. Um, we were in a, uh, uh, when I got saved, I wound up in a, a fairly large-ish uh, charismatic church. And there was a lot, of, um, a lot of patriarchy, if I could just say it in any other way, going on, um, where uh, the, the doctrine was that everybody's equal, but the practice was not that. And I knew if there was anything I didn't want to uh, instill in my family was hypocrisy. Right? I wanted to be who I said I was, uh, and I wanted to own up to the flaws that I, that I have. Uh, and so one of the problems I saw um, coming from the world into the church is that just oftentimes women weren't valued. And I, I, I thought, you know, I was raised by a single woman um, with my two sisters who, you know, we had our, our struggles and, and, and still do, to be honest with you. Uh, but here's women who are able to keep a family together when men run out, Right? And we see the church today uh, in America uh, is more or less predominantly women. Uh, and yet we don't see female leadership. And I would see in the family, um, you know, this male headship thing. And I just like, wow, there's half your leaders in here aren't allowed to speak to the problems you have in the family. Like, why is he joining two together if he only needed one of you? Uh, and so I said to myself, um, <clears throat> and so I'm just, you know. Um, and so I just said to myself, when I get married, I want to, I want to do something different. Uh, like I would like to see something different in my family. And uh, please don't ask my kids uh, because they will confirm to you that I have not been perfect. And I just like to keep the image that I have been right. <laughs> and so just continue to buy into that if you would, please. Um, uh, it, one, one of the problems is my wife and I, we taught our kids not to lie. And so if you were to ask them these questions, they wouldn't lie to you. And so hopefully they would be gracious though. And, um, and say that things are better. But, um, but I, I, um, I, I wanted to do things different. Um, and and w- what we see is when, when I was, um, when, before I came to the knowledge of Jesus as my Savior, and I actually, I mean, I always knew he was my Savior. He just didn't get what he paid for initially, right? And then one day I actually gave him what he paid for, which is my life, right? Um, and, and then I decided, okay, how do I learn to follow this Savior, right? I'm not, I'm not sure when I got saved exactly. I know some of you probably have the same testimony. Uh, I know I am saved. I, I remember the first time I, I don't know, I don't know when exactly. I know I am now. I know I wasn't before, right? Uh, that I'm convinced of. Um, but I remember it's pretty clear to me when I became a disciple, Right? I, I, I knew he was my savior uh, my whole life, though I didn't live for him. And at some point, I decided to become a disciple. And once I became a disciple, um, it, 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 was, it was interesting because before being discipled, or shall I say, living life on purpose for Jesus, um, I, I just kind of did what seemed right in my own eyes. 
Um, and I wanted things to kind of work out the way I wanted them to work out. And once I became a disciple, uh, what's funny was I, I lost a lot of knowledge that I thought I had. Uh, when I was lost, I thought I knew everything. And once, once I became a disciple, I realized I didn't really know anything, right? Um, because the system that I was following wasn't really set up for me to succeed as a Christian disciple. Uh, it's disciples you to follow whatever feels good. And um, so when I, when I got into the church, I was trying to figure out, okay, God gave me a brain, so I should probably use it, right? I, I shouldn't check my brain at the door just because I became a disciple of Jesus. At the same point, I have to recognize that this system of gaining knowledge that I had learned before is not always applicable in this system. And so uh, I, 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 I um, gave up how I found a mate uh, historically. Um, and I don't have time to get into that, but I was waiting for the Lord to bring me my spouse. Um, and uh, in that time was like a desert season. Um, if, if you have issues going on in your life, a lot of times in the world, you deal with your issues by attaching you to someone else uh, who you can worry about their issues uh, instead of your own. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, um, or you just find companionship as a, as a, as a Band-Aid for your, for your problems. So a lot of people run from relationship to relationship just uh, looking for these Band-Aids. And so when I got saved, I decided, you know, I don't, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to wait on God. So now we still have the issues, but we don't have the worldly way of fixing it or the Christian way of fixing it. I was just in the desert, right? Uh, and, but with the idea that once I get out of this desert, things are going to be different, right? When, 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 when you're, you know, I, I, I like to think that in, in that season, and I've unfortunately been to school several times, uh, in that season, I got my desert degree. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got a degree in the desert of waiting on God and how he wants things to be done. And in the desert, things die. And in the desert, dreams get planted. Uh, but, but, you know, um, I, I'm convinced today that God leads us into the desert because there's principles he wants us to learn. He leads us into desert seasons because there's principles he wants us to learn. That we can't learn when we're in the land of milk and honey. That we can't learn when we're getting everything we want. There's things that we learn in the desert that we just can't learn anywhere else. And, and, and I'm, I'm convinced of this. God wants our soul to be thirsty enough to drink from his river of truth. You, you see, when our soul is filled off what the world has to feed us, we don't really think we need what God has. Like God is just another opinion in, in, in the milieu of, of our knowledge. Uh, but he leads us into the desert so our soul gets thirsty enough to actually recognize. Have you ever been on a fast or, or, or you, you stay off a of sugar or something and, and you cut out all sugars out of your life? I've done those terrible periods of Daniel fasting and fasting. And, and like if you fast for a long time, anybody here has done, you know, multiple day week fast and you go to brush your teeth and the toothpaste tastes like cotton candy, you're like, mm. you can almost feel the sugar hit your body and the toothpaste. You're like, this kale is actually kind of good, right? Because you like got a cow-like stomach processing sugars because your body is so starved. You know, when, 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 when we are living in bitterness, reality is bitter. Right? Um, and and um, truth, when truth comes, when we don't look at the world with bitterness, when, when, when truth comes, it, it looks like 
Truth looks like new opportunities, new possibilities when we are loving grace, right? When, we are, when we're recognizing God's grace, then all of a sudden, truth doesn't look like something that's challenging the system I built. It looks like, oh, wow, here's a new opportunity. This is a new open door that God has opened for me. And, um, I, this, and this is what happens when we decide to not live in bitterness. And so... Um, you know, forgiveness is a huge part of that, of walking from bitterness to grace, but that's for another talk for another day. Um, but here's what I want you to get. Um, here's what I think about us. I, you know you're coming out of the desert when God starts telling you to do things differently. And, and um, we want God to do different, um, but the way God does different, most of the time, He starts telling us to be different. That's generally how we get the different from God, is he starts telling us to be different. You see, we're getting exactly what we were set up to get at this point. We're getting what we built our life to receive. And at some point, God takes us in the desert and says, okay, now when we come out of this desert, things have to be different. And we're expecting God to change everything outside of the desert, and God's like, no, 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 everything out there is going to be the same, but I'm sending a different person out there. See, and that's what's going to position you to get to something different is when we come out of the desert different. And, 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 and I don't want to keep going around the mountain for 40 years waiting for God to be different when he's waiting for me to be different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, if we keep having the same problem happening over and over in our life, the one constant is us. And so something's got to be different, and it's most likely us, right? Um, and so... <clears throat> okay. Okay. The, the, you know, what I have found, um, before I became a disciple, I thought I knew what I needed. We don't actually know what we need. God knows what we need. We know what we want. We don't actually know what we need, right? And, and, um, and God, God lets us be unfulfilled sometimes. If you've been in a long desert series in your life, He lets us be unfulfilled so that He can satisfy what we really crave, right? And so... Um, and, and this is, this is, this is I, I, you know, I was um, studying this morning, or excuse me, this week, um, and uh, I came across, I was, I was reading about um, Jesus in the, in the desert, and I'm just kind of studying these desert seasons, and it was super interesting. You know, when we see these battles in the desert, uh, and these, these dealing with the enemy in the desert, uh, which is what we do, we, we kind of, the life gets focused so we get to deal with the enemy of God in the desert. Whatever it be, in us or out of us, right? Uh, and Jesus was in the desert, and uh, Satan came to tempt him. Remember this? And uh, he kept rebuking him out of, out of Deuteronomy. And, um, and then the, 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 the Satan left. And this is what we don't talk about enough. Matthew 4.11. Then the devil, watch this, left Jesus. Uh, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Now, I, I, I am convinced that once you... Go through your desert season. You, you know, because the angelic begins to come minister to you. Like, God is there with his grace. When we submit to the desert season, see, so many people, they, they run from the desert season because they've never stayed in it long enough to get this. To get the grace of God that comes and starts ministering to you like, okay, man, the, the, I, the you that I want, I understood that took some blow, so I'm going to minister to that. But the you I don't want, that, that's, 
that's got to go. See, you, you keep getting out of the desert season too early because you're holding on to the thing God's trying to cast out of us, right? And so he's like, no, no, I'm going to come and minister to you because you waited long enough in the desert for your breakthrough to get your, watch this, your desert degree, right? When you get your desert degree... Hello, somebody. There's a, there's a ceremony that you get, and the angels come and minister to you. Like, I got degrees on the wall in my office because I earned those things. Like, I'm like, oh, that's a payoff right there, right? Nobody may care, but I got them on the wall, right? Like, there it is. That's a payoff. That's, and the angels minister to me when I look at it. Like, ooh, I did something, right? And so when, when we go through this desert process, the angels, like, came and ministered to Jesus in the midst of it, I'm like, come on, God, I'm, I'm ready for the ministry time, right? Like, this, the service has been good here in the desert, but I'm ready for the ministry time. I'm ready for the, come on, somebody, I'm ready for the angels to come and minister to me. And so, as we pick up our story here in, in, in 1 Kings, if you remember, uh, as we pick up here, um, the king of Israel, Ahab, and his wife, Jezebel, um, l- let me say this real quick. I, I, let me just, real, real, real quick. If, if talking about Jezebel, if you're a woman and me talking about Jezebel makes you recoil a little bit, you're ready, that's not going to happen. We're just going to deal with the biblical text here, not what people want to insult women with out of this, okay? So you just relax. There's no cyborg slap coming. I'm not going to talk about anything anybody wore. I'm not going to, like, are you right? Are, are we okay? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Relax. Just breathe in, breathe out. Let's just learn from the Word of God, all right? Are we together in this? Hallelujah. Alrighty then. All right, so the king of Israel, Ahab, uh, and his wife, Jezebel. Now, the king of Israel is also supposed to be the leader of the spiritual nation of Israel, right? He's the king, appointed by God over God's people. And they're supposed to worship Yahweh, you remember, the one true living God, uh, but they worshiped the false god, Baal. Now, that's a problem, right? When, you, when, when your pastor ain't a Christian, that's a problem. Do anybody know what I'm talking about here? Like, the, 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 I've been in some churches, I'm like, that's, I see you're using the Bible. <laughs> I'm not sure you've had that transformative experience. Uh, and so um, instead of worshiping the one true living God, he's worshiping Baal. And, um, and God said to them through the prophet uh, Elijah, he's like, okay, you, you, you want to worship a false god, Baal? Okay, that's fine. Um, let Baal help you. But it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain, right? That's what Elijah said. Okay, I tell you what, um, I'm going to talk to my God, and you can talk to your God, but I'm going to tell my God it can't rain, and you can talk to your God about whatever you want, right? So, and so the rain stops, as we know, and uh, God took him to the stream. We read about this, and, and, and he took him to the stream for water, and he got food from the raven um, in, in, in the midst of this drought, right? And I'm just kind of recapping last week uh, real quick. Um, and, and as the rain stopped and there was no water of course the stream dried up and um and there was no food now because animals can't live where there's no greenery right um and so and so elijah elijah is now by the stream that god took him to uh in in elijah's homeland we know he's from he's the tishbite so he was in tishba which is basically if you were to look at a map it's kind of east of a little on the eastern side of israel right this is still in israeli israeli territory um, and so there he is because Israel has no rain because its king was not worshiping God. You're with me on this, yes? Yes? You follow me? Okay. Um, and so here's where God speaks up. And so the Lord, this is so cool, the Lord came to him in his desert season, right? The Lord came to him saying, uh, verse 9, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there 
to provide for you. Leave that up if you would. This is, this is so amazing. So God sends Elijah out of this famine area because of the curse on Israel, because they're worshiping a false god, and he sends him to be fed by a widow in uh, Zarephath uh, in Sidon. Follow me with this here. I know this sounds like we're getting bogged down in the weeds, but, but, but follow me on this. We knew Israel was having a famine because it was a punishment for following the wrong God. Now, God was not like correcting them in the way that he's spanking them. He's saying, if you want the false God to be your source, we'll just, I can make that happen for you. By the way, there is no false God, so there'll be no source, right? Like, he's like, is that what you want? You can have it, right? Like, you, you want to, like, people, like, oh, is it sin for me to do this? Oh, you, you can do whatever you want, right? You're a Christian. You, you, can a Christian have a demon? A Christian can have whatever he wants. Right? And so if you want to you live a demonized life, you get demonized life. That's just how you, like, that, that's what you get. If you want to go under some, some self-discipline to receive God's best, well, you're going to have to give up some of the stuff that you, so they wanted a false God. God's like, there you go. Let your false God provide for you. Right? And so, so we understand that um, Israel was under a drought because they're trusting in a false God. But we see that there's this widow and Elijah goes there, but the drought is also there. Now, here's what's interesting about this. This city is up in Baal country. This is up in Syria that is a Baal-worshipping country. Now, so what we see here is the drought and famine that struck Israel is also in Syria. Watch this. Watch this. Their god, Baal, isn't helping them either, right? So, so, so Elijah, Elijah, you know, he... he he was bold enough to go into the court of the king. He trusted, he trusted his God in the court of the king to declare truth. And God led him to the creek. And he trusted God enough at the creek to provide for him food and water. And so he says to God, go up there to a widow. That don't even make any sense. Now, I, 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 you know, Joseph and, 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 and Daniel had favor with the king, and so they, they you know, made sense that the king could provide for them. And, 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 and if you remember um, uh, 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 the, the, the young prophet was in the, was, was in the court of Eli, and he, he, he gets the word, and of course he had favor with the head priest, so that kind of makes sense. But he's saying, I'm giving you favor with a widow. But see, since he trusted God in the courts and he trusted God at the creek, he could trust God on the journey until he saw the breakthrough, right? So he's coming out of the desert here. He's saying, okay, we're coming out of the desert. We're doing things a little different. Can you say amen? He's in that, so, so it happened in Elijah that he began to trust God in the different, and he's now trusting God in the journey. Now, he has to trust God through a widow. Now, if you remember, as we've talked before, the widows were among the lowest in society. They didn't have a man to advocate for them. They, 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 they didn't have a place in the court. They're often poor. They couldn't get good jobs. Not a big someone, a lowly widow. But see, Elijah had graduated from the University of the Desert, right? So he's showing up at the widow's house with his degree in hand, right? And like, he, and like I, I know that things are going to be different now than I think they're supposed to be. Like, I'm expecting no rain. I'm, I'm just, this is my conjecture. I say no rain, everybody repents. I call rain and now we're good again and I'm, I'm the prophet and hopefully I don't get killed, right? Uh, but, but he's now like, but I saw that God is showing me faith looks different. And, and so I, I, I'm, my degree is in the hand and, 
and I'm going to trust God in the next step. See, when we graduate from the university of the desert, it's not so that we can live an easy life. It's so that we can take the lessons of the desert into the world so we don't have to rely on the world system for the come up. You hear what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to bend my truth for you because you are not my source. Right? I, don't, I don't need to bend my morality for you because you are not my source. I don't need to, I don't need to bend my dignity for you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell you that your behavior is poor toward me and I'd like you to change a little bit because you are not my source. Right? My source is somewhere else. I've been through the University of the Desert so we could trust God in the journey. So where am I at here? All right, I'm still doing good. All right, so Elijah, he goes to Zarephath. Watch this, verse 10. You guys following along? I hope this is good. I got a lot, I got a lot I'm thinking about here. So Elijah goes to Zarephath, and I'm going to pronounce this city different every time I pronounce it, right? Because I just, I don't really know how. I'm going to cover all the bases. Zarephath, uh, so he's, uh, so, so, so Elijah arose and went to Z place, right? And when he came to the gate of the city, this is, this is going to be big in a minute, watch this. When he gets to the ba- ba- gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. Now, we're in a famine. Here is a widow where there's drought and famine, and he asked the widow for water. Sounds simple if it weren't for a drought and a famine. So he tells the widow, go get me some water, right? And so she turns to go get it. I need you to see this. As she went, he tells her, while you're on the way, make me some cake, right? Now, here's a widow in in, in, in a drought and in a famine. And he's like, while you're on the way, you know, and cake basically is, 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 is bread. Now, watch this. This is, this, is, this is Elijah's thinking. If she had enough faith for water, then she's going to have enough faith for bread, right? If she could get me some, if she could, if she could serve the prophet in a foreign land while they're under the curse of going against my God to bring me some water, then I have faith that she could bring some some bread as well, right? He, he's activating something here. He's taking what he learned in the desert and bringing it into a cursed land. Hear me. See, Israel is supposed to be God's people. Syria never was. But now he is out in Syria bringing. Watch this. Watch this. He's got, he's got, his, he's, he's got his little diploma in hand. He's trying to teach some people some things he learned in school. So he says, hmm, here's a woman I can trust. If she'll turn and get me the water... Here's a woman, I, 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 God's like, I can work with this, right? I, I can work with this. And so here, here's a question, you know, that I ask myself, like, can God trust you with the blessings you already have? Can he trust me to really steward the blessings he's already given me? Am I really using them? So she could get a little bit of water. And so when she was able to share that, he's like, well, I can trust this woman with a blessing because she knows what to do with it. She's going to bless the man of God with it. God's like, this is something I can work with, right? And so I'm like, you know, Elijah got fed from the stream. And here's how I like to think about this with the raven. I make fun of the raven. You know, people are like, God can feed you from a raven. I'm like, I like more meat than a raven can carry, right? Like I want a little bit, I'm not trying to live in a desert, right? I'm trying to live in the land of milk and honey, a little bit of prosperity. I'm trying to move the, the, the Thomas lineage forward a little bit here, right? I don't want to have a pet raven that brings me food for the next three generations, right? It's supposed to be a season. Let's pass through it. I'm like, Lord, a season's three months. What's, what's, what's happening? Like, it's time to move on, right? But 
uh, I, I like to call what, you, you, you ever been like in a, in, a, in, a, in a desert season and then just like the biggest blessing comes in the midst of it? And you know the season's not over. Uh, like, it's like, you know it's not over, but something just shows up. I like to call that miracle meat, right? It's just a miracle meat. Like I shouldn't be this blessed in the midst of this season, but I got me some miracle meat and I'm going to sit down and eat it and I'm going to praise the Lord the whole time with every single bite. I'm not going to think about how I didn't have miracle meat yesterday. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Right now I'm sitting in this blessing, enjoying it. I'm rolling around in the miracle meat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like it's good right now. And I'm, I'm, a, mm, 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 mm. I'm savoring every bite of this miracle meat. I don't know what it looks like for you. Like maybe, maybe your kid is crazy and then you had a good weekend. Like that's like miracle meat. If, you've been, if you ever race, in, somebody knows what I'm talking about. You know, just, it was, I remember early in our marriage, I remember my wife and I, we'd get to Monday and we'd be like, we didn't fight all weekend. Hallelujah. Like miracle meat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> miracle meat. Don't be like, oh, now things are going to go back. No, no, no. The Lord sustained me in the midst. Like, he's like, I see you're in the, here, here's a steak. Just like, it ain't over, but here's a steak. Just, let me just help you out a minute. Miracle meat, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just a miracle. I, tr- I thank you, Jesus. Just thank him for the, can he trust you with the blessings he's already given you? Okay. And so the widow the widow's like, he's, you know, he goes, she goes to get some water, and he's like, hey, go, go make me some bread too, right? Verse 12, she says, as the Lord your God lives. Now, now, this tells me here's a woman in Syria that knows he's a Jew. She knows it. He's of the people that, like, you're worshiping the wrong God. But she's honoring him. So she wasn't doing this in ignorance. Watch this. As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl, and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks. Watch this. That I might go and prepare for me and my son that we may eat and die. Like that's, that's, her, that's her life plan right there. I'm going to get my little few twigs, a little bit of a cup of flour, and we're going to eat it. Now, I would say eat it and survive another day. That's how I think, you know, like I'm going to eat. And, but she's just like, I just want enough energy to die. That's all. Like, I am too broke to die right now. You ever felt that way? You ever been, like, anytime a dude gets a flu, we're like, I'm too sick to die right now. That's how sick I am. I'm just so sick. I just need to complain a lot so my wife to bring me some food, right? I, like, she's like, I just want to, man, watch your, watch your language in the desert. Watch your language in the desert. She's getting ready. She, she's ready to confess her own death. And Elijah shows up. The blessing shows up, and she's still arguing for her ability to die. Like, if you, like anyways, if you're going to die, you, don't, you really don't need this bread. You really don't need it. If your plan is to die anyways, you might as well give it to me because I plan to live. Amen. I, I plan to live. You could die. How about you just give me your blessing because I, I could use it. Like, and I feel like God is looking for some people who say, I, I'll use a blessing, Lord. You said it over here. I will use it for your glory. I will keep the prophet alive. I will keep the kingdom alive. I will keep the generational plan alive. You just send it to me, Lord. I will use the blessing. I don't know who's not using a blessing, Lord. I'm not saying take their blessing and give it to me, but I'm just inferring that if you wanted to transfer a blessing to somebody who will use it, there's someone right here in Boca Raton, that will use that blessing that you send this way. I will use it. I, like, not for nothing. I will use it. See, Elijah had this thing on his, on his I feel, mm, I'm feeling good right now. Elijah had this thing on his mind, and he had been, he had been, he is convinced. He is convinced that when he showed up to people, if they will listen to his message, they're going to get blessed. 
He was convinced, if you will bless me, you're going to be blessed. Now, I'm not turning this into some prosperity, weird, you know, the slot machine of heaven theology here, but I'm talking about there's something on people who follow God, right? And so, so here's what I want you to know. Let me just say it this way. You have a curse-breaking blessing on your life. That, that's what I want to let you know. You have a curse-breaking blessing on your life. And, 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 and Elijah's like, I'm showing up. You are a widow. You don't have no money. You get ready to die, but I'm here now, right? And, and, and the blessing on my life is going to get on your life. You see, the curse that was on what? Mm, come on, somebody. Okay, watch this. Okay. Let me, let me just build up here. See, verse 14. This is, what, this is what Elijah says to her. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So, 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 so Elijah, Elijah gets his little degree, and he shares his faith with the widow. He's like, 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 this is the word God gave me. This is the word for my life. Rain shall not come until I says it comes. And so Elijah used the blessing on his life and said, listen, you bless me. Now you're part of the blessing on my life. And since I need to eat and the Lord sent me to you, you, you you're going to use that blessing for God's purposes. That means you're going to eat. Like, it's, it's impossible for you not to. He's like, there's a curse on your life because of, because of Baal, but the blessing on God is stronger than the curse on Baal. Okay. All right. So now, now listen to this. When you follow the wrong ways, the wrong things come into your life. It's kind of, it's kind of that, 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 that simple. Oh, I've got to rush through some stuff here. I'm feeling good, but I've got to rush through some stuff. Okay. So there, there's this uh, theological term called syncretism. And syncretism is when you try to mold together different religious practices to fit together. Uh, what does this look like? This looks like when you say you're Christian, but you want to also be, well, let me use a different example because I don't want to offend anybody at this moment. We'll get there later, possibly. Syncretism in the Bible looks like you say Yahweh is your God, but you're leaving up the high places of Baal. Like we can probably do both. And God's like, no, no, it's just me. I'm the God. I don't know if you remember the top 10 list I sent down with Moses. Number one was I'm it. You can't do both. And so you'll talk to people and they'll be like, well, I believe that like, that's great. There's a term for that. It's called syncretism. That means you're not a follower of any religion, but the one you invented, right? And that, that's not really following anything. Like you put a little religious stamp on it, but you're not actually, okay, no, I'm, I'm I'm, and I'm pulling words back here. I'm, 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 going, I'm trying not to go down roads. I want to go down. I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> so, so, <laughs> mm. I'm probably just going to go deep on Easter. I'm going to let y'all know that. It, it, come ready. So, <clears throat> so all these kings kept not getting rid of their idols, this syncretism. And uh, King Ahab and uh, Jezebel, they, they, they were different than the other ones. They didn't even pretend to follow Yahweh. They just said, we're full on worshiping Baal. Like other, other kings went back and forth with their principle, uh, but, but Ahab and Jezebel were the first ones who just went all in. They weren't being syncretist, combining both of them for, they just said, I'm just doing this. And, 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 and here's the question that people are asking, how do I do what's bad for me and get what's good for me? How, how do I live in a way that's bad for me, but keep getting what's good for me? And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Ahab made a decision. He was all in for Baal. And now all of Israel and all of Syria were learning 
what comes from that. But Elijah also made a decision. Elijah had made a decision a long time ago. I'm following Yahweh no matter what. I'm following the one true living God. You know, in this day and age, people like to say, you know, ah, I'm, I'm, I overanalyze stuff. But what that means is I'm indecisive. It's scary for me to make decisions. I overanalyze. That's, that's the problem I get. When I get a little anxious, I just keep studying stuff. So I, uh, I, I, and that's kind of a weakness of mine. I just, I just go into study, more study mode, more, 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 and they just never do anything. Right? This overanalyzing. That's, it's really just being indecisive. Make up your mind and just go with it. Just, and watch this. Verse 15. So the widow went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. And that many, if you look at it in your Bible, it's squiggly because it's not really there, right? It's not actually in the text. That's somebody who translated the Hebrew into English wanted to help you understand what they're talking about. But I'm like, I don't need your help. I can read on my own, right? And so, so she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for days. That's like four days in Hebrew means there wasn't an end. Like that, that's what that means. For us, days means like, oh, two or three. But in the Hebrew, for days means as long as there are days, she was eating. That, that's what that means. If there were days, she was eating in it. Oh, t- what, what day is it? If today ends in the word day, I'm eating, right? Like today, okay, like me. And Elijah, Elijah's like, well, if it ends in day, I'm a God follower, right? It says, the bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. I'm coming to an end here, I promise you. <clears throat> So, so the curse that was on Syria came into Israel through one false leader. But one proper leader brought the blessing on Israel back into Syria. For See, this is what is on your life as you decide to end generational things, as you decide to change uh, financial things, as you try to change governmental and systemic things that are unjust. See, there's a blessing on my life, you can say. No, no, I understand how you've done it all along, but I serve the God of righteousness. I serve the God of justice, and I understand that you all believe that this thing is okay, but my God, the God of heaven and earth, says that, all folks are created equal, and so we can't tell this person to be quiet or that person because they happen to be a certain gender to be quiet or because you don't have a certain amount of wealth, you don't count. Uh, see, I, I serve a different God. I understand the green God that you serve, but I serve a different God. Come on, somebody, right? And so, so the blessing that's on my life to receive... See, this woman didn't have money. She didn't have status. She didn't have any reason to expect the blessing except that she, she recognized the one true God. And because she recognized the one true God, she lived under a blessing the whole rich nation couldn't sit under. You see, we operate under a different system. I don't got nothing against money. I'd like more of it. I'm going to be honest with you. But that is not my God. And the world tries to tell me if I want more, I got to do this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even need money. See, my God don't need money. My, my God could give me a house. My God could give me... See, my, my God determines my paycheck. Not, there's no man on earth that controls my... See, I just follow God, and he determines my blessing. She was not subject to the king of Syria or Israel. She's, she was under the blessing of God. It's a whole different system. Because one man got his degree in the desert. He got his desert certificate. She comes under that blessing. Okay, I've got to finish now. I'm, 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 I'm almost done. Corey, if you've if you got a second, come on up here because I'm going to... Or whoever's coming up. That'll make me finish up here. Hi, online. Going long, but I'm feeling good. Hallelujah. Okay, watch this. 
God is so cool that he, he, will, he will bless whoever puts their faith in him. That's all it takes. That's, that, that is the big determining thing. Whoever puts their faith in him, he blesses. God, God I mean, that, this is who he is. So I'm going to ask you, where's your faith today? This week, this week has been hard. This, this, this month has been hard. 2020 was hard. I don't know if you recognize this, but life is hard. You were birthed from a woman screaming in pain, right? Like that, that's how you came into this world. That was just the beginning. That's just like when she was pregnant with you, her final words were, I'm ready for this thing to get out of me. And all the moms say, that's how we came into this world. So like, oh, we're going to have a trouble-free life. God promised it. But you were born without sin with a cone-shaped head because it was hard to even birth you. Like it's... We come from a fallen world. Where's your faith in today? Is your faith in what tomorrow looks like? Is your faith in the eternal God, the Lord Jesus Christ? Is your faith in what you're able to figure out and what you're able to do? Is your faith in how much flour is in your, 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 your vessel right now? Is your faith in how much water is coming down the stream? Now, we, we are fortunate that we live in a society that doesn't need rain every day. It makes its own. It doesn't need, like, and so we're so self-sufficient, we think that we don't need God. This, this we've, we've smarted ourselves right out of faith. But you and I know what it's like when we, we are our own source. And we recognize the limitations of that source. And this world tells you that if you're not enough, there's a problem with you. Because they don't want you to know that none of us are enough. We all need God. We all need Jesus Christ to save us. We, we, like If Jesus needed angels to minister to him in the desert, how much more are you and I? I mean, how much more are you and I? And so we, as a, as a church, we've just decided we want to we wanna slow down on the journey long enough to invite some people on with us. Like, come on, this is like, we, we weren't born. We weren't born right with God. Like, we, we have figured out how to follow him. And we want to invite you to follow him with us. Do me a favor while you're sitting right now. Ever just, you just kind of settle yourselves, close your eyes, bow your head. And let's just right now, let's just, um, you, maybe you need a fresh commitment with God. Maybe you, maybe something I said today, you're like, man, I am trusting more in the barrel of flour than I am in the God who created flour. Maybe, maybe you have just been in the desert so long that you have forgotten or failed to recognize the miracle meat that God has sent to you. Maybe you being here today is miracle meat for your season and God is feeding your soul in a way you were not expecting. Maybe, maybe those of you online, you're sitting here and maybe life has been too busy or crazy for you to come to church even. You're like, I can't even come to church. Well, And the Lord made a way that you heard this message today. Miracle me. And it's time to recognize the God who brought the miracle meat and said, hey, I have a better plan for your life. If that's you today, I want you to just, just, just today, I want you to just recognize it in your own heart. Like, man, I need Jesus. I need to turn back to Jesus. I need to become a disciple learning his ways 
I don't just need formulas. I need to learn of Him and who He is and how He has created me and what I'm here for. And if, if that's you, just, just, I want you to just pray it. And I'd like everybody in the room to make a fresh commitment with your voice. And, and, and if you're saying it for the first time, I want you to say, you know, like, Jesus, I have been, I've, I've, I've not been following your ways. I didn't even know you had ways. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to become a disciple. Take my life. Take my life and do with it what you, what you will. I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to learn your ways. Let's all just right now in your own words. No one singled out. Everybody with your own words. I'm ready. I'm ready to become a disciple. Your prosperity is determined by the God you serve, not, not this world. <clears throat> Elijah, Elijah and, and, and Elisha who comes after him, we'll talk about him another day. Man, they're like this, they're like this, this Jesus forerunners. Like we see the ministry of Jesus in the life of Elijah. Here he is providing communion. He's bringing, he's bringing the bread and he's spreading a table for this widow and her, and her son. And this widow, the lowest of the low, Jesus said, when he, I think it was in Luke chapter 4, I believe, when he's in the temple, excuse me, he's in the, in the synagogue, and he opens a scroll, and he reads that passage out of Isaiah, and he says, this is what I came for. Very first thing he says, you know what it was? To preach the good news to the poor. Very first thing he said, I'm here to serve the poor. We, we never graduate from that ministry. We never graduate from ministering to people who need something. And, and in Boca, there aren't a lot of physical poor like we see on all over the world, but we are in an era area of destitute spiritual poverty. Absolute spiritual poverty. And Jesus is here to feed the poor. And if you feel low, you feel lonely, you feel depressed, you feel anxious, man, you are qualified for a miracle meet encounter with Jesus. Stand with me if you would. I, I, one last thing I want to point out to you in this passage before we go. <clears throat> I'm going just a little long here, but I feel like this is a good word. <clears throat> I want to point out something in verse 10 one more time. It says that in verse 10, it says, So he arose, that was Elijah, watch this, he went to Zarephath, or however you say it, and went to the gate of the city. He went to the gate of the city. Didn't say he went to her house. Didn't say he went to the synagogue. Didn't say he went, he went to the gate of the city. Now, as we've talked about before, the gate of the city is it's, it's not like the gate on the front of your house. It's literally where all the business happened. It was the boundary of the city, but it's where, where, where they held government. It's where all the trading went on. It was a public place. And here's a widow where all the people are. Nobody is helping her. In front of all the people, this Jewish prophet shows up who's in hiding and publicly calls her out. And he's saying to her, who will you serve? I'm here to be a blessing 
to this widow that people in this area won't even talk to. Don't care if she starves to death. She's collecting sticks. It was their responsibility to be taking care of her. But here is the one true God showing up publicly. This was, this, this, this was a display. It never does say that he went over to her house. He said, go get some bread and bring it back in your hand. This was a public miracle. This wasn't something hidden in the back room that they were hiding in a little cave with some food. He said, bring it to me. And I will make sure you eat as long as there is a famine. Come on, somebody. This is, this is our God right here. This, this, this is a foreshadowing of the ministry of Jesus. He says, as much as you did it for the least of these, you did it. For me and Elijah, God was teaching and, 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 and teaching Elijah and, hear me, teaching us. Two things, I believe. If we will keep God's priorities, our priorities, the blessings will continue to flow, number one. Number two, you, you can't hide it under a bushel. Your faith has to be public. You, you got to invite people to the place of blessing in, in public. You can't just hide it on a little DM. You can't slide into the DM to share your God. Like, no, no, no. Like, this is supposed to be a public thing. Your faith. Like, I'm different than you. I'm different. We're the same. I need bread just like you, but I'm different because I know who my faith is in. We got Easter in a couple of weeks. You want to invite somebody to church? You've been scared? Easter's a good time. We're going to talk about faith in God on Easter. Um, we're not going to have a bloody Jesus here. I'm not going to have any farm animals. It's going to be, it's going to be Jesus, the gospel, and changed lives. That's what, that's what we're going to have. Amen? Amen? But, but th th this, we, we as a people have to decide who are we going to be in this story? Who are we going to be in this story? Are we going to be the shopkeepers at the, at the city gate, the city leaders watching the poor suffer, watching people starve? Not caring that someone is planning their own suicide because I'm getting mine? Are we spiritually going to let our city... Imagine if all of us, imagine if, we, imagine if half the people of this room decided people aren't spiritually starving on my watch. The blessing on my life is going to change my family. It's going to change my city. It's going to change my neighborhood. Imagine if just half... And which half are you going to be? Are you going to be the half that's like, well... I'm glad she has one last cake before she dies. Are we going to be the, no, 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 no. There's a blessing that's going to sustain you through this desert. Let's make a decision. Let's make a decision together. Like this is going to be a place of life right here. That people come in and get hope, get restoration, get the keys to the kingdom, and are able to carry a blessing out into the world and change the times we live in. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for the word this morning. Thank you, Pastor. So good. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for joining us online. I hope you're feeling refreshed and strengthened today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus one more shout this morning. He's such a good God.